You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin show sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Let's go, baby. Week four, time to bounce back, time to get the big win. Time to host the Colts and beat them down and get back to 500. What do you say, Brain? Are you with me? I'm pumped. Let's do it. Let's go. Playoff atmosphere. One and two versus 0 and three, baby. That's right. A huge AFC AFC matchup with with like enormous playoff implications. And it's week four, baby. It doesn't get any bigger than this. Let's go. I love a must-win game in week four. Hey, it's fantastic. I, it's fantastic. I'm excited about it. The it's Listen, it's been a rough couple of weeks if you're a Miami Dolphin fan. I don't think there's any way around it. It's just been a, a rough couple of weeks. The Dolphins got destroyed by the Bills and looked hideous in doing so. They looked terrible again for most of the game against Vegas before they turned it on late and somehow almost stole that game in Vegas before falling just a little bit short. Uh, so, you know, it's... It's been a rough couple of weeks, but the good news is that there hasn't really been a whole lot of news out of Dolphins camp this week other than uh, Will Fuller missed practice on Wednesday but was was back in as a limited participant on Thursday as we record live on YouTube. And let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, Michael Dieter is hurt. So the one guy on the offensive line who's been pretty pretty solid is out, well, missed practice on Thursday. We don't know yet what his status is for the game on Sunday, but Greg Manx is lined up to to start at center for the Dolphins if Dieter can't go, and that's kind of where we're at. Otherwise, it's been kind of a quiet week. The team has just been going about the preparations, doing what they need to do to get ready for what is, you know, in all honesty, a very big game on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and, you know, we we joke about it, and we say, you know, must win game in week four but the truth is look this team very much still has playoff aspirations I know the fan base doesn't want to hear it I don't really want to hear this team mentioned in the same vein as playoffs but the truth of the matter is when you came into this season you looked at the first five games of the schedule and you said hey if this team can manage to go two and three the, the, it's all there for them. You have that soft uh, part of the schedule where you got about a nine-game stretch where you're probably you know going to be favored in six or seven of them. You know, basically everything with the exception of the Buffalo and Baltimore game. You know, the Carolina game maybe is maybe a toss-up, but everything else there feels very, very, very winnable. Uh, and so, if, if you come out of if you get this win and you're at two and two. 
you know, even if you were to lose next week against the defending Super Bowl champs in the in uh, in you know in the Buccaneers, which everybody is is going to be expecting, you're still in pretty good shape. But if you lose this game and you're one and three, then all of a sudden your must-win game becomes at Tampa Bay, which is a much more daunting task. So let's get let's let's take care of business when you have an zero and three team coming to your house. At a, for a one o'clock start at Hard Rock Stadium, this this is a game that you have to win. Yeah, and they're going to be wearing the dark blue jerseys. The Dolphins are honoring the memory and the life of Don Shula this weekend, so it's it's going to be an emotional atmosphere. It's Alumni Weekend, so there's going to be classic Dolphin players from throughout the years going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a pretty hype mood over there at Hard Rock Stadium. So this is a game where the Dolphins are going to need to do everything in their power to come away with a victory and we're going to break it down for you here on this episode of the same old dolphin show but before we do that a reminder for all of you to make sure that you are following us on twitter the show is at same old dolphins i'm at amplified to rock he is at aaron the brain that's at a ron the brain you can also like our facebook page facebook.com slash same old dolphins download rate review and subscribe to the show on apple podcast spotify stitcher basically anywhere you can get your podcast we hope that you'll subscribe And we also would appreciate it, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. It helps us out, helps us spread the word on the show. And make sure that you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It's your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins news and information. So make sure that you head on over there. And of course, last but certainly not least, the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Hello to everybody watching us over there on YouTube. We appreciate you. Thank you. Make sure that you've subscribed to the channel. Turn on notifications so that you are made aware every time we go live, just like we are right now, to preview this big game against the Colts. So let's get into it, Bryn. Listen, the uh, the Dolphins' offense will start there because they they looked pretty rough for most of that game against the Raiders. But then suddenly at the end, when they needed to do it, when they needed to move down the field and they had no other choice, suddenly things started clicking. Suddenly they started to stretch the field. Suddenly the offense looked dynamic and interesting and just, you know, it wasn't that offense that had been lulling people to sleep for the first two and a half weeks of the season. So brain, what do the dolphins need to do to continue that into week four against Indianapolis? Do you think they're going to do that? And suddenly the Raiders started committing stupid penalties. Um, I mean, that's true. But yes, but some, but part of that is because we did throw the ball down the field. We put pressure on them. You're you're not going to get those penalties if you're just, throwing little two-yard hitches to, you know, one of the fastest people uh, alive in Jalen Waddell. So I think that we're going to stretch the field a little bit more. I think we realize that we don't need to be ultra conservative. We know that our offensive line sucks, but come on, you you could still pick your spots to to take a few shots down the field, particularly when you do have Jalen Waddell and uh, Will Fuller on the roster. Hopefully Will Fuller plays. He was back at practice this week, so that's a good sign. So it'd be good to see both of those guys out there. Obviously, there's the concern with Michael Dieter on the offensive line. Uh, like you said, he's he's been, I don't know if he's necessarily been our best offensive lineman, but he's been the most consistent offensive lineman through the first three games. 
he really hasn't had a bad game and that's pretty much he's pretty much the only guy on the offensive line that we can say that about thus far so naturally this team with all of their woes on the offensive line the one guy who hasn't had a bad game oh let's get him hurt so that we have to put in the backup uh that said I don't think there's a huge drop off from Michael Dieter to Greg Manx so I think we'll be fine there and this is a Colts uh defense that doesn't really put a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks uh you know Buckner and Glover or uh, Grover are are good uh defensive tackles uh so uh you know the fact that we have a backup center there it, it is going to put some pressure on our on the interior of our offensive line but I don't think that that's the weakness of the offensive line maybe Brian Flores thinks that's the weakness based on the fact that you know in uh, with all the shuffling that we did it, it seems to be only at guard and not at tackle where which is where we've had the problems but this isn't a defense that's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, the Dolphins' tackles, in my opinion, unless they decide, you know, hey, the Dolphins' tackles suck, so we're going to change our game plan dramatically uh, to try to attack that. That said, this is also a, a, a Colts defense that has struggled just as Miami has to defend opponent, uh, opponents from running the football. The Dolphins, we, we've all bemoaned the fact that the Dolphins have struggled to stop the run, giving up 136 yards rushing per game. Well, the Colts have given up 140 yards rushing per game. So this is an opportunity for Miles Gaskin, who, by the way, is averaging five yards a carry, 5.1 yards a carry, and Malcolm Brown, who, you know, was a revelation last week. Uh, there's going to be opportunities here to run the football. And again, there's going to be opportunities to attack uh, this Colts defense along the seams and downfield. I think the Dolphins have uh, have opportunities here with their talent. It's just a matter, can they block? Uh, and, you know, that's a huge, that's a huge question. We, we're not you know, going to know the answer. Detail. Yeah, just just a minor detail. But I think there's going to be opportunities here. I look, like I said, uh it's a it's a big game. Uh it's 0 and 3 versus 1 and 2. Both teams need this, and I think the Dolphins are going to come out with the spirit of the Don uh hovering over Hard Rock Stadium. And uh I think the offense is going to have maybe their best performance of the season thus far. Well, I mean, well, first of all, that's not saying a whole lot, but absolutely, we hope that they can they can put things together and, and you know, put on a little bit of a show for the home fans on Sunday. We'd love right. to see Jalen Waddell actually, you know, get downfield more than 4.4.5 yards average depth of target, whatever it is for him. Like, he needs to, they need to utilize his speed in the way that it's meant to be utilized. So I'm hoping that we're going to see that, and I'm hoping that we're going to see, you know, a balanced attack that we can see Miles Gaskin get involved, whether it's running the ball or whether it's, you know, catching passes out of the backfield and mix in Savan Ahmed. I don't know what what happened there, but we didn't see, we haven't seen a lot of Savan Ahmed recently, and I'd like to see him get get into the mix as well because the Dolphins really do have a nice little trio back there that they can get everybody involved and and you know throw some different looks out at the Bengals, and I don't mean. The Wildcat, necessarily. Although, if they're going to implement it and it's going to work, then fine, so be it. So, I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see uh, how Mike Kosicki causes problems for that team. But really, the big thing is, I want to see Jacoby Brissett take some shots down the field. I know that's, you know, not the big thing, but he's got an arm and he can do it. So, let's get some of these guys sprinting. Let's spread the field and let's, you know, show people that this is an offense that is not just operating within a 10-yard box. 
Right. I mean, you, the the whole uh, emphasis this offseason was remaking the wide receiver room so that we weren't just playing this whole game in a 10-yard box. And we finally got Will Fuller and, and Jalen Waddell on the field together at the same time. And everything was within a 10-yard box for about 57 minutes. Uh, so yeah. uh, it, it's time to see that change. It's time to take off the kid gloves and just look, you know, one of the one of the things about uh, one of the strengths of having Jacoby Brissett back there is that even though he's he's a game manager quarterback, he's a big guy. He's hard to bring down and he has some mobility so he can buy some time even when under pressure. And we saw that a lot last week. So, the, you know, there's going to be opportunities to make some plays down the field. You can't just give up and say everything's going to be five yards or fewer uh, because then you're just playing into the opponent's hands uh, defensively. And that's, I just hate to see us, you know, basically giving up, uh, just just giving up what our game plan is uh, with without testing it. Like, test it, put the, you know, and, and let's see what we can do because we have the horses Let's just, you know, stop playing scared, stop coaching scared, take yes. the gloves off and, yes. and and get your punches in. Yes, let's get those punches in. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about what the Dolphins need to do on the defensive side of the ball in just a minute. But first, Brain, it is spooky season. It's almost October. As we record, it's still September. As most people listen to this, it will be October. And do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat, a black cat on Halloween? Do you know? Enlighten me. It's shaving your balls with anything other than manscaped. Ooh, because when scary. it comes when it comes to below the waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the two million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and get free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk. You know, they really should have used fun sized because that's you know, it's fun size. Although, listen, I don't want to get into how fun it is for everybody, but that's what it's called fun size, right? Listen, sure. Brain, sure. Yeah, listen, <laughs> yeah. you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent, and I'm sure the fellas do as well, and it will sh- it will scare away those vampires. And then you can unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine, and it's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their finely tuned products feature cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The, lawn point, the Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. And oh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Oh my goodness, this trimmer is a shower essential. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker, which is a total game changer to your men's hygiene. Arsenal. It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin safe technology that helps pre- prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. They've also got the liquid formulations, the crop preserver, the crop reviver. They'll even throw in two free gifts with the performance package the boxers and the shed 
travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Listen, folks, just get 20% off and free shipping with the code DolphinsTalk at Manscaped.com. It's 20% off and free shipping with the code DolphinsTalk at Manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweenie with Manscaped. You know, there's somebody, there's somebody that works for that company whose job it is to sit down and come up with this stuff. You know, and and let's be honest, that's probably like that has probably been revived, revised like three or four times. They probably have a whole team of people yeah. working on that. They're like, you know what we, you know what, like, what, what do you think they arrived at before they they landed on Halloweeny? You know, you think they just came up with shave your pumpkins, carve your pumpkins up right away? I think carve your pumpkins was a, was a was a go to. That one probably came right away. Uh, I think they probably had Halloweeny, and they they probably kind of put it to vote. They have probably a committee, you know, a team of writers. Hmm. Do you think they had two offensive coordinators coming up with the the, the copy? Well, uh, if if they have two co- two offensive coordinators coming up with that copy, uh, they are m- way more successful with their formula than the Dolphins have been with their formula of having two offensive coordinators because it's working for them. I don't know that it's working for the Dolphins. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, before we jump to the defense real quick, just a reminder for everybody watching live that we are interested in what your one hot take is for Colts and Dolphins in week four. We put the question out on Twitter, but now we're doing it for everybody watching live on Facebook and the I Am a Miami Dolphins Facebook page. What is your hashtag one hot take for Colts at Dolphins in week four? Go ahead and put it in the comments and make sure to use the hashtag one hot take. Brain, when the Dolphins are on defense, I think for me, the biggest key is you've got a quarterback in Indianapolis and Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles. This guy can barely move. So you got to bring the heat, right? The Dolphins have proven they're a team. They like to blitz. They love to bring heavy pressure all the time. I think if there was ever going to be a time that the Dolphins needed to get home and, and put the quarterback in the grass, it's this Sunday at home against the Colts. Yeah, you absolutely have to put pressure on on Carson Wentz, but but really what you have to do cuz the Colts know that you know, Carson Wentz is banged up. They know the Dolphins are going to bring pressure. They know that the Dolphins have a very talented secondary and the Colts don't have great weapons on the outside. Uh so the Colts need to they need to give the ball to to Jonathan Taylor and given that the Dolphins have struggled to stop the run, the Colts if if they got the if they had their way in this game, Jonathan Taylor's going to carry the ball thirty plus times. Uh, so that's got to be first and foremost what the Dolphins are prepared for. I'm not so worried about Carson Wentz beating us over the top. Uh, you know, Pittman Jr. Uh, you know, between X and Byron Jones, I think we're fine to cover him. Uh, I don't think anybody's losing sleep over Pascal. I don't think anybody's worried about how Eric Rowe will be able to handle Jack Doyle. Their only guy in the passing game that I think really presents any kind of issue for this Dolphins defense is Naheem Hines. Uh, 
who I think the Colts will, like they always do, will try to get him lined up against a a linebacker and try to find some mismatches to get him in space. Uh, And so when I look at the way the Dolphins are going to attack this, you know, unless the Dolphins are going to play a lot of base packages with three linebackers, uh, I think then you know, the, the onus is really going to go on Jerome Baker to cover Naheem Hines a lot. I think he's going to, he might be shadowing him quite a lot when Naheem Hines is in the game. Uh, but I also think you're going to see Miami use maybe, you know, an extra corner here and there on him. Uh, so whether that's bringing in like a Nick Needham or a Justin Coleman or whether it's Brandon Jones, uh, I think it'll be different guys. But by being able to put Byron Jones on one side, X on the other and not really have to worry about those matchups right there. It frees up if Miami wants to, you know, bring in a third safety or wants to have a safety shadow uh, Naheem Hines uh, to to ultimately try to take him out and account for him uh, because the, the danger of having Jerome Baker have to shadow Naheem Hines is that if you get Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor on the field at the same time and then you get end up with Naheem Hines in the in the slot with Jerome Baker lined up against him now you only have potentially one linebacker in the middle of the field and that's where Jonathan Taylor can eat so uh, that's going to be a little bit of a cat and mouse game if the Dolphins can stop the run they can put themselves in in some situations where they can account for Naheem Hines, and I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I sure hope that they are able to make that to make that stop and not allow him and Taylor to become a problem for them on Sunday. We've seen it uh, thus far this season where the Dolphins have allowed one at least one big run from the opponent in each of the first three games of the season. So we'd really like to see the Dolphins th- sort of start to tighten things up from a defensive standpoint. That's at least what I'm hoping for here. Uh, anything else that we should be on the lookout for when Indianapolis has the ball and when the Dolphins are on defense, you know, that we should just keep an eye out for? Keep keep an eye out for uh, just whether or not X is going to shadow Pittman uh, because he has been by far and away uh, the the leader in target share for the for the Colts. And then after him, it's it's a pretty even distribution between Pascal and Doyle and Naheem Hines. Uh, so if Miami can take away Pittman, which, you know, that's what good defenses try to do. You try to take away the other team's, you know, best player. You're, if, if you can take away Pittman without really having to do any kind of extensive game planning because you just put X on him, then you can focus the rest of your game plan on stopping the run. Uh, that's fully what I expect the Dolphins to do. I, I expect us to go a lot of man. I expect us to bring a lot of heat and put pressure on Carson Wentz, who hasn't been great while when he's been under pressure. And certainly if he's got two sprained ankles, you definitely want to test that out. So I, I look for the Dolphins to play a lot of man coverage and bring a lot of heat on Carson Wentz. Absolutely. So we're going to make our predictions for this game first uh, in just a moment. But first, we put it out. We put out the call. We wanted to know what was your hashtag one hot 
take for Colts at Dolphins in week four, and the answers are coming in on Twitter. Dan Jablonski says, Jalen Phillips records his first sack, and Javon Holland picks off his first pass. It's kind of two hot takes, but I like both of them. That's pretty good. Um, here we go. Uh, we got another one from Dan the Man Fan 44. Sin it to win it. A lot of people thinking Jacoby going to get hurt here. Uh, oh, at Dolphins Talk says the Dolphins will have a 100-yard receiver this week. Uh, Conman1010 says revenge games are very real. Jacoby Brissett will log a 300-plus yard passing game. I like that. Sean underscore 305 says Gaskins gets more than 20 carries. I like that a lot. How about this one? How about this one from at Bart Duple? You ready, Brain? I'm ready. Taylor runs for 110 yards. Watson throws for 288. Watson? That's what he says. He says Watson. Oh, oh. I didn't know that the Colts were in on Deshaun Watson, but here we are. There must be intramurals going on. Yeah, something like that. Let's see. Miles Gaskin. This is from uh, underscore white boy boogie. Great, great handle. Miles Gaskin goes for 150 yards from scrimmage, 100 yards rushing with at least a touchdown. Colts giving up the fifth most rushing yards so far this season. And when Gaskin has run the ball, he's looked pretty good. Listen, I have no argument there. Tom Ernesty, Dolphins Talk Tom, says Miles Gaskin going to get 100 receiving yards. I like it. I like it very much. What else we got here? Oh, here's from uh, underscore Zachary or Zachary underscore Nick says, OL shows up, does a commendable job, and fans look to next week hoping they can do it again. There it is. That's the same old Dolphins thing. You you, you have a good game, and then you're like, we're going to beat Tampa Bay. How about this one from Scott Christensen? Waddle goes for 10 for 130 and a tutty. And finally, from Buffalo, Kaji, Waddle gets two touchdowns i like oh we got one last one that's thin eric rowe has a pick six Mank starts at center dolphins rush for 185 yards dolphins win that is from our good friend at jpf scout all right brain what is your one hot take for colts at dolphins in week four for the first time this season the miami dolphins are going to have an offensive touchdown of more than 40 yards in oh this game. baby Oh, We're going to see a big play in this game from the Dolphins' offense. Who is it going to be Mac Hollins? <laughs> it could be some Mac Hollins magic. No, if I had to guess, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Jalen Waddle. But uh, I, I, I wouldn't sleep on it being Will Fuller, and I wouldn't sleep on it being Mike Kosicki in the in the scene. All right, you ready for mine? Yeah, this is the week. It's Michael Pilardi touchdown pass week. <laughs> Pulling out all the stops to beat the 0-3 Colts. You got to do it. You got to do it. Listen, the Colts I are 0-3, but it's not like they're 0-3 and they've lost to like horrendous teams. They've lost to the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Titans. These are all teams that are going to be in the postseason mix. It's not like, you know, they're not a soft 0-3. But if if the Dolphins win, they'll be 0-4, and, and then are they a soft 0-4? I mean, if you're 0-4, you're 0-4. Yeah, I mean, if you're 0-4, it is what it is. But listen, if you're 0-4 because Michael Pilardi throws a touchdown pass, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I'd say that's a pretty soft 0-4. Yeah, it's a pretty, you're a pretty soft 0-4 if Michael Pilardi's throwing touchdown passes on you. 
What if it's air yards too? It's going to be Michael Pilardi just airing it out for like, and, and that would be the match. Wouldn't that be the thing? Michael Pilardi throws a forty, a forty-five yard. Well, no, if it can't be forty-five. That's a really short. That that would be field goal range. So it's going to be a a sixty-yard touchdown pass from Michael Pilardi to Mac Hollins to lift the Dolphins to victory over the Indianapolis Colts. I well, the way it. Brian Flores is coaching it and his uh, aversion seemingly to kicking field goals that are you know in that in uh, Jason Sanders's range, you might see a forty-five-yard touchdown pass from Michael Pilardi. Is Michael oh, Pilardi yeah. the holder? Who's the holder? Yeah, it is. It is Pilardi's also Pilardi could do it. He could do it on a fake field goal. Yeah, there we go. But that I, I wanted, the, I want the glory. I want it to be, you know, I want the forty-plus yard touchdown play bonus in my fantasy, because you know I'm one of the the many people throughout the country that have Michael punter Michael Pilardi on their fantasy team. But wouldn't you get the same points? <laughs> It'd be a pass. You'd get past. You'd get your four point passing touchdown. <laughs> All right. Enough of this. What is your prediction for this game on Sunday? <laughs> Uh, so I think the Dolphins are going to play a complete game uh, on Sunday. I think uh, they're they're going to be highly motivated. I think it's been a quiet week, which is a good week. Um, it, it, you know, it's a good opportunity for them to really block out the noise. Um, and look, I, I think we're mostly healthy. And I, I don't think that the Colts are very good. The Colts are banged up. I think if there's one area where the Dolphins have an absolute advantage in this game, it's that the Dolphins' defense should win the battle against the Colts' offense. And that should set the tone for everything. And so the Dolphins should be able to start fast, get out to a lead. And unlike last week where they were going up against a really explosive offense against the Raiders— I think this week uh, that's not going to be the case. I think the defense can get off to a fast start, can set the tone early, and can keep that up and really lock the the Colts down. And then I think you can get into the second half of the game and you can kind of park the bus a little bit. Uh, Not that we necessarily want to see that, and you certainly don't want to be doing that in the second and third quarter, but I think the Dolphins can get out to a lead in this one, and if they can have some success running the football, can really just kind of put this game away and 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 get conservative in a way that that makes sense because at the end of the day that's how this team wants to win football games they want to win the games on the strength of their defense and their special teams and just you know you got your backup quarterback out there at the end of the day let's not forget that the Dolphins are playing with their backup quarterback so they shouldn't be going out there with the expectation of we need to score 30 points to win Against the Raiders and the Bills, yeah, you probably need to do that. Against the Colts, I think you get 23, you're probably good. Hell, you get 20, you're probably good. I think the Dolphins end up having a really good game. I do think they're going to end up settling for more field goals than I would like, but I think we're going to get some big plays. I think we're going to get some turnovers, and I think we're going to overall control this football game, and I've got the Dolphins winning this one 26-10. I like it. I like to hear that. I'm sure the people like to hear that as well. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game as well, but I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be grinding. I think it's going to be a lot of the same kind of start and stop, start and stop. I think we'll occasionally let it rip, but some drives will stall out. I think they're going to do enough to get the win and a big win on alumni weekend at home, potentially in the throwback unis. 
because I'm I'm hearing rumors on the street that it's going to be throwback uniforms. It should be. You're you're honoring Don Shula. It should yeah. be the throwback unis. I agree. I agree. It should be the throwback uniforms, particularly to to honor the great Don Shula. But uh, you know. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to honor him with like a blowout victory. I think it's going to be a grind him out kind of, you know, 1917 kind of, you know, game very similar to how they beat the Patriots ultimately. It's going to be something like that. But the important thing is they're going to get the win. They're going to improve to two and two, and they're going to be ready to go into this game against Tampa next week, basically playing with house money because nobody on earth is expecting the Dolphins to go into Tampa and get a win next week. So let's do the job. Let's go into Sunday. Let's beat the Colts. Let's take care of the Colts. Let's send them to an 0-4 start. And, you know, let's see what we can do to, to head into... We got this last game, this, you know, this game against Tampa is the last of the first five games, which everybody was saying and everybody agrees with is basically the toughest part of the Dolphins schedule. From here on out, the Dolphins have the second easiest schedule by strength of schedule left in the NFL. Now, obviously, it's the NFL. You got to go out and win every game. But the Dolphins schedule is going to soften up a little bit here. And so maybe the Dolphins can go on a nice little run and, and start to pick up some momentum here in this part of the season. And, you know, if you can get, if you could get the, uh, get the momentum going and get things clicking and figure it out, you know, when things get tougher there towards the end of the season, maybe you're ready to, to face it head on with, uh, with some confidence. So brain, any parting words for the people before we wrap up this brief episode of the same old dolphin show just going to kind of piggyback on what you just said uh look it's a it's a big game because if the dolphins can get this second win everything is there for this team they still have playoff aspirations we said going into the season you look at that five game stretch if you can come out of it two and three we hoped that we would come out of it three and two at this point that looks unlikely but we knew that if you can come out of it two and three you were going to go over that next nine game stretch where you'd likely be favored in six or seven of those games basically everything except for the Baltimore game and the Buffalo game the Carolina game may be a toss-up but those other games in there look like wins obviously any given Sunday anything can happen so you can't just chalk it up as a W but I firmly believe that if this team can get to two and three coming out of the first five games they're going to win six or seven out of those nine games and they're going to go into the last three games of the season at either eight and six or nine and five with the playoffs right there just right there within their grasp but if you lose this game and you're at one and three, kind of hard to get to two and three when you've got to beat the uh, the defending Super Bowl champs to get there, especially if you're coming off of a home loss against a team that was coming in 0 and three with their best offensive lineman injured, another starting offensive lineman potentially missing this game. Like, you got to win this game. You have to win this game. No choice. Take care of business. And look, and then all is good. Like you said, you're playing with house money next week. Even if you lose, uh, you're you're at two and three. And then it's weird to say then the season starts when (laughs) when the schedule gets easy. Uh, But you know, in in reality, that's where you're there. If you if you're at two and three, I I like where the team is uh, coming into that stretch of the season where the schedule gets really soft. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. All right. Look, I didn't want to talk about it, but I just want to bring it up here because somebody asked about it. Jay says, any thoughts on the Deshaun Watson rumors? And I'm going to say it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. These are just rumors. Okay. Jay Glazer is heating things up again this week by saying that Houston has apparently softened on what it is that they're looking for in a trade for Watson. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that their interest, they're okay with giving pick protection in the event that Watson can't play going forward. But at the end of the day, this is just a rumor. Okay. It's a it's a rumor and there's not much to say about it. I know that my personal stance on it is, do I believe that Deshaun Watson is a better player than Tua Tungavailoa? The answer is yes. But do I want Deshaun Watson on my team right now, given everything that he is dealing with? No, I'm sorry. He is not the kind of character that I want on this team right now. It's my personal opinion. I think he's a, he's a great player, but until... Until whatever his situation is, is cleared and he is cleared, I, I, I don't want that presence in this locker room. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, I think in a in a different world, you know, in a world where none of all of that nonsense was going on, I would say, absolutely, let's do it. But, you know, with the situation is as it is, no, I'm not interested. And I'm certainly not interested in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, uh, look, if we traded for him, and I'm not gonna. I'm, look, I'm not. I, I find it hard to root for him. I'll say that I'd find it very hard to root for Deshaun Watson. But that said, I recognize the talent he is. And before these allegations came out, I was banging the table to trade for him and said, sure. "Let's let let's get it done. I don't care what it takes. You get a top five quarterback in the just entering the prime of his career. You do it." But this obviously changes the equation, and um, I, you know, the getting him in the middle of the season. I think that's a little bit tricky, but ultimately, what this comes down to is, like you said, they're just rumors, and it's been happening week after week after week after week. It's there's nothing to talk about until there's something to talk about. Exactly. It, it, if the trade happens, then the trade happens, and then we'll talk about it. But if it doesn't. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about this every single week until the trade deadline. What, what, when is the trade deadline? It cannot come soon enough. Like, right. let's either make this trade or have the trade deadline just happen and, and pass so that we don't need to talk about this until the off season. Because right. I'm sure it'll become a story again in the off season, <laughs> but like, there's, there's nothing to talk about here. There just isn't. We, we, it's been, it's been exhausted. Like, yep. we know, we know what the Dolphins would need to give. What, what would you give up? What could you give up? Should it be protected? Is Deshaun Watson better than Tua? You know, what do you, what do you do? We, we all know that. We all have talked about this ad nauseum. At the end of the day, you either make the trade or you don't make the trade. And until the trade is made, there's nothing more to say about it. Yeah. And, and the trade deadline is November 2nd. Thanks, Mike, for sharing that with us. And, you know, so we're going to hear about it until then, unless he's traded somewhere else before. But apparently, according to Glazer, all the other teams that were involved are now falling out of that conversation. You know, I think th there's a lot going on. There's a lot of dynamics at play. Part of it is I think the availability of Watson has colored people's opinion of Tua, quite frankly. I think a lot of the analysis that you hear about Tua that is uh, negative leaning is you hear people think saying that and banging the drum loudly that Tua isn't the quarterback that they want him to be because they know that Watson is available. Because if there was a situation where Watson wasn't available, 
you know, he's the quarterback and that's the end of the story. So that's a whole other thing going down the road. But but basically, at the end of the day, there's nothing to talk about with it unless the Dolphins actually make a trade. Right. Or we hear that there is actually a trade that is imminent and like news starts to really break in that regard, because when when those kinds of things start to come out. There's usually fire where that smoke is, but we have not heard anything significant in terms of what, you know, whether this is not going to happen. Glazer was dancing around it. He just said, pay attention to this situation. That doesn't mean anything to me. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, our stance on has been that we don't really want to talk about it because there's nothing to talk about. Right. If there's something to talk about, there'll be something to talk about. But until then, no. Nothing, nothing to talk about. Let's do what we can to do on Sunday with Jacoby Brissett under center. Jacoby will be under center at least for that Tampa Bay game. And then hopefully we'll have Tua back for the game in London against the Jaguars. And we can go from there and just move forward with our season with the guys that we've got. Because that's what we got to do. All right. That's it. That's enough for this episode of the Same Old Dolphins. Follow us on Twitter at Amplified to Rock, at Aaron the Brain, at Same Old Dolphins, at Dolphins Talk. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We appreciate that very much. I say it every time, but I really mean it. Go do it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on your notifications so you know when we go live. Like this video. Share it with your friends. We appreciate it very, very much. Make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It's your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. And, of course, our good friends over at BetUS. Make sure you head on over to BetUS and use the sign-up code DolphinsTalk to get a 125% sign-up bonus so that when you watch Pick six with David Behrman on Friday nights on the Dolphin Sog YouTube channel, and he gives you the plays that you need to make. You can go to BetUS, you can make a play, you can make some money, and it'll be great. And everybody will be happy. So for Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. We will talk to you again next time. Take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, go Dolphin! We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air. We're